0: Fantastic. You know, there's nothing in life you can really accomplish that's great unless you do the preparation. And so I want to speak. About, how many have been enjoying just about discovering your purpose and starting to get to think about where am I going? How many are actually asking, I wonder where I'm going in my life? That'd be a good thing. So to ask the question. That's right. That's good. And you start to begin to focus on it and uh, begin to discover what God has called you for. Remember, it unravels. The first step is we connect with God uh, with an, uh, just a total commitment. We say, Lord, I want my life to be in your hands. I'm willing to go where you want me to go. And, of course, that means then, well, he takes you at your word, but then you find there's some other things happen. And I want to talk about some of the other stuff tonight. I want to talk about purpose and preparation. If I had a Bible, I'd do it. But, uh, okay, I want you to open your Bible. Well, I wonder how many people here could just tell me, Ecclesiastes 3.1, what it actually says. I keep repeating it often enough. I should have got one verse in the Bible for this year. Ecclesiastes 3.1. You've got it over there, have you? Okay, the time. That's right. Okay, someone else got it? Yeah, come on. Someone else too? No? There's a time. There's a time for every purpose, isn't there? To everything there is a season. Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything is a season, time for every purpose. under heaven. Come on, learn it. Memorize it. Get the word in you. You know, then it speaks to you. God wants the word to talk to you. You got nothing in you then all the other stuff will talk to you all the other negatives will talk to you so get the word in. to everything to everything to everything that means you your life the events in your life to everything there is a season there's a time period during which it happens and there is a time for every purpose so if your life has got a purpose you must realize then that there is a timing to that purpose being accomplished and, uh, of course, we just get all excited. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get me there now. World, I've arrived. Only if only it was like that. If only it was like that. See, God has a purpose for our life, but there's always a timing involved. There's always a time. He said, Ecclesiastes 3.1. Everything has got seasons within which they happen. And to everything, God has got a time. So God has got a time for the things in your life. And you have to prepare yourself so when your time comes, you're ready. You do not know when God has prepared for a doorway to open for an opportunity you so long for and so want. But the question is, will you be ready when the door opens? And... I found with that, uh, when you look at the Bible, you found God spent most of, uh, many, many of the men in the Bible, the heroes in the Bible, God spent most of their lives preparing them for their moment. And when you look at some guy, like Elijah, for example, just turns up out of nowhere. And of course, we read that, and it never occurs to us what might have been going on before he just turned up. We don't realize that there would have been years when God was preparing him. And then one day you don't just walk out there and then say, there shall be no rain except according to my word. And it stops raining for three and a half years. You just don't have that kind of authority and that kind of anointing and that kind of power unless God has done something in your life. And the question is whether you are positioning yourself in a place where God is preparing you and you're preparing yourself, or whether you're just hoping one day something great's going to happen. Pie in the sky, Christianity. It's too much of it for many people. We're sort of waiting for one day, God to do some big thing, suddenly I've arrived. It doesn't work that way. And you'll find all through the Bible, it says a different story altogether. So we're going to have a look at that. uh, So God requires us to be prepared. I'll give you a couple of verses on that. Matthew 25. Let's have a look at Matthew chapter 25. Of course this is talking about the end times this particular verse but the principle still applies the end times the time they asked the question when will you come and jesus gave many parables and then he said something he said now the end times would be like 10 virgins and five are wise and five are foolish there were 10 and they were all virgins he's using a parable to indicate the church he's indicating believers he said there's five wise five are foolish what was the difference between the wise ones and the foolish ones Today, what is the difference between people who are wise and people who are foolish? Remember, I said you should look in the Bible and start to look up the word fool and foolish and wise and wisdom. And you will find a lot of insights about understanding what God says as a wise person, what God says a foolish person. Okay, then notice in here, it tells us here, we read it in Matthew chapter 25 and... uh, It says, uh, verse six, at midnight a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom comes, go out and meet him. And all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, ours are going out. But the wise said, no, aren't they unkind and unchristian? Maybe there won't be enough for me. No, no. He said, there's not enough for us. And you go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Now, here's the verse. And when they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and underline this, those who were ready went in, and then the door was shut. Now, I don't want to preach on that tonight, but let's get this really clear. Those who were ready entered the opportunity and the provision God had prepared for them. Those who were not ready, the door was shut, and they missed the climax of their walk with God. You don't want to miss out on the things that God has prepared for you, the principle of that is you must prepare yourself. It's your responsibility to prepare. See? It's our responsibility to make ourselves ready. In chapter 24, he tells us again, be ready. Make sure you're ready. So one of the things that God says very clearly concerning the church, it's our, responsible, it's our responsibility to work with him and be prepared for what he's about to do. And so we're just going to pick that thought up and look at some aspects. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, let's go over there. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Now, you should know this one here. Come on. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, that's a great verse. I love that verse. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works. So that God prepared beforehand. Now, notice this. God prepared ahead before you came in a whole lot of things to happen in your life. He prepared ahead a lot of things that you would be, be able to accomplish should you connect with Him and walk with Him. So He planned ahead works, things that you would do. He planned a purpose for your life. We've seen that before. Now, the, here's, the, here's the key thing. You have to prepare yourself. That's why it says you're His workmanship. He's trying to get you ready. How many have had God speak to them about an attitude recently? You needed to change an attitude. He's getting you ready. How many of you, uh, God spoke to you about some kind of uh, a relationship you needed to change? He's getting you ready. Uh, how many of God spoke about something that was wrong in your life you needed to put right? He's getting you ready. See? He's getting you ready. He's getting you ready. So it's God's responsibility to plan ahead for us, provide for us, and lead us. It's our responsibility to make ourselves ready. No one can make you ready except you. You have to be ready. So if I was to say, man, a new opportunity has just come up, you know what, I'd look who is ready. And it's not that you've been around a long time that makes you ready. It's actually you've done something. So we're responsible to prepare ourselves and we miss out on the opportunity. So what do we have to do? What does God want us to do? Well, we have to do some things. See? And so here's some things that we need to do. We need to learn. We need to learn. You need to learn, continually learn. If you've stopped learning, then you're no longer preparing for the better things God has ahead. You've settled for the, what you have. Because, just think about this. If God wants to add responsibility to you, you've got to be learning and preparing yourself ready for it. He say, well, I don't know what to prepare. Well, this is what you do. You need to apply yourself to learn the Word of God. 1 Peter 2 verse 1 says, As newborn babes desire the Word of God, that you may grow thereby. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved to God, a workman who understands and knows how to work with the Word of God, that you may be prepared and ready for every work God has for you. So you need to learn the Word of God. Every day you open your Bible, every day you're reading, you're reading in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, maybe in Psalms you're reading in the New Testament, in the, in the, in the, in the, book, in the Gospels or in the book of Acts. You're reading, 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 learning, making yourself ready. Now, listen, some of you are going to face some challenges that will come up. Some of you are going to face some relationships that will come up. Let me tell you this. If you don't learn what God says about it, you won't be ready when it happens. You've got to learn. You've got to apply yourself to learn what God says. God tells you the kind of people to avoid. He tells you when people speak and act in a certain way where this all goes, you can actually see it all before it happens. If you know the Word of God, if you know the book of Proverbs, talks about friendships, it talks about relationships, tells us don't go with these people, this is where this will lead, tells us join up with this kind of person, this is where this will lead. See, the book of Proverbs, full of information and full of insight or wisdom for life. Wisdom, what to do. Wisdom. So we've got to prepare ourselves. Okay, so number one, we need to learn. Number two, we need to grow in grace and knowledge. We need to grow in grace. We need to grow in experiencing God. Our faith life, where we draw on God. Grace is His power to do stuff, to get over sin, to get over struggles. 2 Peter 3.18 says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. So one of the things I need to do is to learn the Word of God. The other thing I need to do is build a prayer life where I'm connecting with God and beginning to start to learn about Him and about His empowerment for my life and how to access it i got to learn how to worship. i got to learn how to pray. I need to learn how to exercise faith. I need to learn how to stand in the middle of pressures and temptation. I've got lots of things to learn. I need to learn how to warfare. I need to learn how to process negative feelings in my emotions. I need to learn how to handle the brokenness of my life. I've got to learn some things. How many know it? know, st- I am still learning. You can't believe how much I hunger to learn more. You can't believe how much I think, oh, God, these young people got it so good. They got all this teaching and learning here. Man, they got it at this age. I didn't get mine until later on. I made a lot of mistakes. You got a lot, lot to fix up, isn't there, Lynn? God can redeem it, but there's a lot to fix up if you haven't walked with God when you're young. A lot of issues to sort out. So let me give you some examples of people who prepared. I'll give you a few examples of some people who were prepared. We won't look at them all in detail. I was going to look at them. Uh, you know the people, so I'll give it to We'll just give it to Let's have a look in, in Acts chapter 7, verse 22 to 23. And we'll look at the example of Moses. Here's a, here's a man. And you're going to hate this one. This one you just probably don't want to hear, but I'll give it to you anyway. See, so Moses... You first hear about Moses when he's a baby, and then, of course, between when he was a baby and when you next hear of him is about forty years. So, what happens for forty years? He was preparing. He was pre- God. Forty years of preparing. I don't think I like that, but this is how God works. God lives in eternity. We're all so we want it this week. Give it all and give it now. It didn't work that way with God. He takes His time, and what He does, He does well. See? so preparing. So let's have a look at Moses. What happened to him? It says uh, Moses was born, verse twenty. Hey, and he was brought in his father's house for three months. And he ended up going, and, and he ended up, because they were going kind to of kill all the babies, he ended up, and uh, supernaturally ended up in the Pharaoh's house, the very one who tried to kill him, is he ended up providing for him. God's got a sense of humor. Can you believe that? The, the Pharaoh is so frightened of what's about to happen, he tries to kill all the kids, and then he ends up looking, for the one, looking after the one who's going to grow up and be the deliverer. And so, so then this, the next time you hear of Moses is 40 years old and God put it into his heart at 40 to do something. So if you're 40, God can still put things in your heart. How about that? Eh? Is that good? He can put things in you at, at 40. God put it in his heart to do something. What had he done before all of that? Well, he learned the ways of the Egyptians. He learned about leadership. He'd studied and he learned about architecture. He learned about military strategies. He learned about how to speak. He learned lots and lots and lots of things. The Bible says he knew all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Now, the Egyptians in the Bible is a picture of us of the world. He actually got an education, 40 years of education in preparation for leadership. And then God put it in his heart to go and do something. And he went down and he blew it all and killed the man. And, and then he had another 40 years. Next time you hear of him, he's 80. You think, my God, 81, they shoot him and put him out of his misery, you know. God doesn't shoot people at 80 and put them out of their misery. He says, come on. He appears to them and talks to them and says, I've got something more for you to do is that right, Bob? We've got something more for you to do, right? Eh? Everyone here, see if you're old, you even look old, God's got something more for you to do. You just got to be... You notice God appeared to him. He, there was a hunger in his heart for God. God appeared to him, and now he's had 40 years learning with the Egyptians. Now he's had 40 years in the backside of a desert, learning to be a shepherd, learning about sheep, learning about their stubborn ways, learning how to depend on... He's learning a lot of stuff. Now, you understand... What, what must it mean to live a life to 80 and then wonder what this is all about? And at 80, suddenly, yes. And so he lived to 120. So his next 40 years, he was God's deliverer. Now, you see, what should have happened was, what should have happened was it should have taken only a short time to get them out of Egypt and into the promised land. But it took him years. Made him, he got, got angry. He got a bit of sunstroke one day and yelled out and got angry and, it cost him the future, really. But nevertheless, here's the thing. He had 40 years preparing in Egypt, 40 years learning the ways of God, and then time came, and when his time came, he was ready. He was ready. He was no longer proud and arrogant. His character had been developed. He didn't just have the knowledge and skills of Egypt, of leadership and military strategy, but now his character was ready. He had been prepared by God, and his hour had come. When you think of Moses, what do you think of? You think of what he did. The great exodus, which was one season in his life. What we don't think of is how God worked faithfully to prepare him. Yeah, it's great. I love God for that. He does all this kind of stuff. Now, how about Jesus? When do you first see of Jesus apart from when he was born? When do you next hear about Jesus? You find about him. You read this. You'll know this. Luke 2:52, Luke 2. And this is what you find. Young people, you want this one here. This is really good. In case you're having a problem with your parents who don't understand you. Luke chapter 2. And we'll pick it up around about uh, verse 48. Uh, when his parents saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said, son, what have you done to us? Look, your father and I have been anxious. We're worried about you. You, you just disappeared. You took off for three days and we haven't seen you. And he said, why did you seek me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? But they, look at this. They didn't understand what he said. So it sounds familiar. Moses thought they did understand, but they didn't understand. Jesus thought his parents might understand. They didn't understand. So they told him, get out of this church thing and come home. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept these things in heart. Now look at verse 52. Jesus grew. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. See? So he actually... 12, had a passion to learn lots of things, but he had to learn character development. He had to learn to submit to his parents. He had to learn to have a good attitude. And in that season between 12 and 30, he gained a great reputation. What's your reputation like? Are you concerned about your reputation? Are you concerned about the impact you make with your life? A good name is more to be desired than money. A reputation. You know, when they look for a leader, when God looks for a leader, he wants someone who's got some kind of reputation. He's got someone, got a character, got something got something in their life. Would you have that? If I was to ask who is one of the outstanding uh, students in the class, would they say, oh, this one here? Would they say that? They should say that because you're a person of destiny. You're a person, and you can see past the classroom. You can see past this form three, form five, form seven. You can see past that. You realize, I'm a man of destiny. I'm a woman of destiny. God's got his hand on my life. I'm in preparing this is my season of preparation. This is my season of preparation. There's a lot of stuff going down I don't like. There's a lot of people around that cause me a lot of trouble. But this is my season of preparation. I've got things ahead for me. When temptation comes, I'm a man of destiny. I'm a woman of destiny. I don't go down that path. I know where I'm going. You see, that Moses was able to keep on course because he had a vision of his life course. You need that too. But this is the season of preparation. So Paul had a period of preparation. You realized Paul was very, he went to university, studied, he trained. He was very, he had lots of knowledge. And then when it came to walking with God, God sent him into the back of a desert for three years to learn some character stuff. This great apostle had three years in the back of a desert, misunderstood, grieving over his mistakes and failures, and starting to gain knowledge and insight of God. All through the Bible, it's like that. All through the Bible, it's like that. So let me just explain to you then what you have to do in your season. You are right now in a season of preparation. You are in a season of preparation. Tell someone next to you, you're in a season of preparation. How many really believe that? It means then God's got something he's preparing you for. See? Notice with Sophie, who would have known at seven, she'd be up on the stage here doing what she does. You don't know. But when it came to choosing someone, we needed someone who's prepared. Couldn't choose some of you because you haven't done the hard yards. You haven't actually done what you can't do it. You're just not ready for it. You may say, well, I bet I got such a love for music and a passion for music. But if you haven't done the training, we can't put you in the role. And so a vacancy comes and we're looking around and your moment has come, but you're not ready. That's dreadful. I don't want to be like that. I want the moment to come and to say, yes, I am ready. We never feel we're ready, but God knows when we're ready. in your season of preparation, here's a couple of, here's, here's a little bit of advice for you. Number one, embrace the season you're in right now. Embrace what you're in right now. You say, but you don't understand, it's so hard. You're never gonna know, it's never gonna say listen, embrace the season, God's trying to change you. Just grow and learn in that season. Embrace it and enjoy it. Enjoy where you are. If you're a teenager, enjoy being a teenager. One day, be married and have a mortgage, you know, have all kinds of things around you. Just enjoy being a teenager. Or if you're a young person really younger than a teenager, enjoy being a child. Enjoy the season. Enjoy the season. Embrace the season you're in. I'm a teenager, I don't have to know all the answers. And I may have raging feelings, but that's okay. This will all pass. Like everything. Just all passes. Sometimes it passes within an hour. One minute you're angry, hang the door. Next thing, hey, life's great, you've forgotten about the door banging. This is I'm a teenager, you know? So this is a season. So don't worry about it. This will pass. The madness passes. Well that's a little aside for all the parents who've got teenagers who are about to have, the madness does pass. Isn't there all it passed for you, it passes for everyone else, too, that's right. And for those who are about to come in, there's a message of hope. The madness will pass. This too will pass. It's only a season. So enjoy the season. Because soon the kids have all gone. There's another season. You've just got to welcome every season in life. Even if it's got its trials and its challenges and its welcome the seasons. Welcome. Here's a second. Learn all you can in that season. Learn all you can. Apply yourself to learn. There are lots of different ways to learn, and not everyone's great at academics. You don't have to be great at academics to be a learner. You can learn from people. You can learn from experiences. Always apply your heart to learn. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs to apply our heart to wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do. Apply yourself to it. Apply yourself to learn. Learn some skills. Have you got something you think you might be good at? Get a few lessons in it and try it out. You don't know what you could be good at. Try it out. When you're young, don't narrow your course so you limit your options. Many young young people, when they take their courses at school, they choose the easy path. Listen, the path to greatness is never an easy path. You choose, the path to grow, to, you choose the easy path, the easy topics, the easy subjects. If they're easy, they've got, no, they've got no value. And no one's going to pay you for the no value stuff. But they've kind of altered the education system, so they've got these things and they put names on them. But listen, you want subjects that have got value that are going to get you a door open somewhere. You've got to think about this. And, and Ma, you say, but oh, that teacher, I didn't... Listen, now don't put your life in the hands of a teacher. This is your life. Ask someone else to help you. Get some coaching. Tell mom and dad you want some coaching. You really want to learn. Well, look, I tell you, when you really want to learn, there's always someone to help you. And there's always someone around that God will bring to you to help you. But you've got to want to learn. 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 And apply yourself to learning. The Bible's full of Proverbs. tells us apply ourselves to wisdom. This is your season to do it. You don't have to try at all the relational things everyone else is trying. You don't have to try all the drug things. You don't have to do that. Get your book of wisdom, book of Proverbs. You'll get wisdom, what to do and what not to do. If you'll follow it, what you'll find is your life will just excel. See, you don't have to go down this other path. Don't choose to. You've got a greater path. You're better than that. You're better than everyone around you. You've got something inside you that's different. Develop your difference. Develop your uniqueness. In business, one of the things that makes excellence in business is when people can develop a uniqueness or distinctive that's excellent, that's a cut above everyone else. So you become a cut above someone else. Just whatever you've got, there's something in you that's unique, something in you that's special to you. When you discover it, really develop it and you become a cut above. That's when you've got a leading edge and that's when God will be looking for someone just like you. Ready to go. First, you've got to cut above. See? So embrace your season. Learn all you can. Here's, here's another thing you need to do. You need to discover and develop your gifts. You need to discover and develop what God has put inside you. Your gifts, your passions, and, and, and the dreams of your heart. And that's a journey. You need to discover it. In the season, you discover it. I didn't know all. I, I knew when I was uh, probably a teenager that uh, I had two course options. I kind of felt one way. I'd go. I felt like I'd end up teaching. I had it in my heart. I felt I'd do that. I've seen it with some of the young ones. You see it really young. Some at about 16, not too sure what they want to do. Get in touch with what's in your heart. You've got to discover what you've got and develop it. I love Sophie having developed her gift. I love hearing her on the keyboard. I love the fact that long before this opportunity opened, she was doing the preparation. And, but there's others have all done preparation. Anna did singing lessons. She's still doing singing lessons. You don't just stand up and sing well unless you've actually put the money into the training. Parents, one of the best things you can do is help, help invest in your kids' training. Try and look and identify the gifts they've got and invest in the training so when their time comes, they're prepared. Invest in experiences. We've never invested very greatly in things. We've always invested in experiences that enlarge the inner man and help the kids to grow in their wisdom and grow in their capacity. Don't, don't let them be sheltered. They need to really have an opportunity to learn about the world and about God's purposes and about the greatness of it and about, the, about how, how wonderful it is what God is doing. Expose them to people. Expose them to experiences. Take them with you. Share life with you. See, now, some of you maybe, you say you're in families and they don't do that kind of stuff. Okay, then ask. Maybe they'll do it if you ask. And if they don't, then save up and arrange for someone of you to get together and do it or talk to someone else who can maybe... Have no, don't be a victim in life. I want experiences. I want to learn. Take on some challenges. Every time you take on a challenging experience, what happens is it forces you to break out and to grow and you, you develop. You're preparing yourself. This is really important for life. You must prepare yourself. I think Marisha's now doing some training. You know, she's got a lovely girl, got a lovely sweet spirit. I know some of the character things she's had to work on and what she's had to walk through, but she's in the process of training now. You're not easy for her, but you know, there should come a time she'll emerge. Once she emerges, she'll emerge as a great leader. She'll emerge as someone who can make a difference because she's quite single-minded. And, and the reason most people fail is because they have no focus. You lose your focus, then you can't succeed. So, so we need to actually, well, we've anchored to God now. And God, I want to really learn all I can in this season of life. You know, when, I, when the first passes I, uh, I was under, I just walked around behind him asking everything. I asked every kind of question I could f- figure out that I could find out why and how things went. It was the same at university. They said to me, "Again, university, you never succeed." I just knocked on the professor's door. "I need help. Talk to me." And I had a whole list of questions. Ask all the questions. You ask questions. Grow, learn, read. If you can't get near people that can help you, get into a book. There's someone there can help you learn. There's someone who's been through something. You don't need to go through the same. They've learned something. Learn from them. And, the, and, and so that brings us to the, the, one of the last ones here in the season of preparation. Build relationships that help you. Build relationships that help you. See, your friends are either taking you up or taking you down. There's no in between. So you have some friends that if you hang around them too long, they'll take you down. Now, you, you know, now I, I'm a poor, I took, one of, one of our children, I took into Asia to teach the value of education because she didn't understand the value of education and the environment she was in wasn't conducive to that. So I took her to another place where she could get the value of education, came back changed. You've got to learn the value of things. See? So we need experiences that will enlarge us. So people will help us get those experiences. So in the church here, there will always be people who know stuff. So you want to know stuff about cars and how to fix things. Go and make yourself known to Matt. And you say, well, how could Matt be interested in me? He wouldn't be interested in me. Well, of course he is interested in you. Except he's got a life to live as well. But what you do is you go and you say, can I come around and help you do something? Can I get there any jobs I can come around? I don't want any money. I just want to get alongside you and learn some things. See, if you're willing to, I had a young fellow from the church come around. He said, I just want to serve, pastor. Can I do your lawns? He said, great. Did the lawns I gave him 10 bucks. He didn't want the 10 bucks. He wanted to serve. I've got my eye on that young man. He's a future leader in this church. You see, it's like you just got to build Connections. You have to build connections. It's relations. See, you can only go so far in your own potential, but then it's others can bring you to a different level. And you hang around the right people, they can lift you to another level. Cause, now, usually the people who can lift you to another level make you feel uncomfortable. When you're around them, you feel like freaking out. You feel so, you know, almost like you're uncoordinated kind of person. They've got nothing, you know. You feel like you're sort of ignorant in a mess. You feel uncomfortable. What's happening is you're realizing where you are in relationship to them, and you feel uncomfortable with that. But if you just stick with it and build the relationship, and so on, to it you'll actually grow, and then without realising it, you become increased and expanded. See, this is how you learn. This is how you learn. You, it's your responsibility to prepare yourself, and no one will see it, by the way. The only one, eventually, the fruit of it shows. You never see. You, I never saw Sophie practising. I looked at her up tonight and I thought, I wonder how long it took her to practice. I wonder how long she was... I was quite, quite astonished to find it was so young that she started preparing for a ministry in God. This is your time to be preparing. Don't you just go wasting your life and just hanging around. Come on, you all do that kind of thing. Yeah, make your life count for something. See, the only way that you can fulfill your potential is through working. God has prepared for us works to do, not good intentions to do, works. He wants you to do something with your life. So you've got to make sure that you're doing something. You're productive. You're busy. You've got some focus, some goals, something you're working towards. That's all about how you prepare yourself. Now, those aren't so hard of things, are they? Welcome and enjoy the season. Well, I'm enjoying the season I'm in, in my life. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. It's wonderful. I'm enjoying having grandchildren. I'm enjoying the fact I've got some next door. I had some in the house. Now they're not there. I loved it when they're in the house. I'm enjoying the season when they're not. Got my chocolate in the fridge and doesn't get eaten. It's nice. It's <laughs> a nice season. But if it did get eaten, it didn't worry me either because I enjoyed the season. It's not about the things. It's about the experiences, the relationships, and what you're learning on the way. Are you getting this? This is about how you prepare. And it's a continual quest. And those who stop learning just settle where they're going to be. And the others who are willing to learn, pass them. I hate to be. I just can't stand it. There's something about, I just can't stand it. I don't know about you. I, when I was at university, you know, they, they, they pronounce these words, you're never going to make it. And I went to university, but I was really out of my depth. This little boy from Napier and I came to university, but it was all overwhelming. But I got in a good home. See, God was already working for me. And, he, and could you believe this? We, we searched out to try and find a place for me to stay. Now, you can't believe this. What are the chances of this happening? They said, oh, we've got a h- private board and home. They said, I said, that's great. So dad arranged all this private board in the home. He, come back, he said, you can't believe where I've got you boarding. And I said, no, he said, I, I got you boarding in the house I grew up in in Wellington. Well, what are the chances of that? He said, My father built it. And he said, and, and I had stayed there when I was a young boy. I knew that house. It was like going from one house to another one I already knew. I already knew the whole layout of the house. I knew exactly where all the bedrooms were, everything. I knew the space I used to like. But what are the chances of that happening? And then in that house, there were two other students. And one of them was from Hastings here. Tony Burns works down at uh, St. John's High School. And he would be one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. He had no life. Just worked. But I, I'd get up in the morning. And he's already been up working an hour. You can't believe what that did to me. Like, oh, 7 o'clock, I'm behind already on Saturday morning. I hate being behind already when I get up. I just can't stand it. I like to get up early. I don't like being behind already. Get up and everyone's got something done. I don't like that at all. So what I learned was to rise early and work hard. And that year, that one year in that place, so shaped me, it prepared me to succeed right through university. And they said, you'll never pass 400 in that class that year. And I was in the 200 that got through. Next year, they said, you'll never do stage two. 200 went into stage two. It was down to 30. And I was still there. They got into the next level, and it was down even further. They got into honors, it was even further. And I was still there, and I was still there, and I was still there, and I was still there. And then I got top honors. See? Now, see? But do you know where it started? There was someone there that I got connected with, and he influenced me to work. When I was in honors year, I, I flattered with another guy who was a friend out of the same class. Now, he was, a, he, he was just really brilliant. Right? He got helps to know where you really are in the scale of things in life. Humility is knowing your place in life. You know it is. it's not being too high, not being too low, you can know where you are. You'll know where you are and they know your place. If you know your place and act accordingly, you'll find things that go really well for you. And so this guy was brilliant. He actually went on to do a PhD in Cambridge in theoretical physics and they headed up the DSIR for a while, but he wouldn't get up before half past 11 in the, in the day. Now imagine if I had been with him in the first year, I'd have been toasted. I'd have been done in my first year. He said, I was with someone else who worked hard. And so he would sleep until eleven thirty, eight o'clock when the library opened, I was there. He would do his one lecture and be tired and go home and have a sleep or do something else. I'd be working through the afternoon and falling asleep because i am work in so long hours. But I got there. I got there. plodded along and got there. But you see, it was an association or relationship that greatly helped me get there. And that's how life works. You see, when I wanted to learn about things of the Spirit, I looked around the movement I was in, and I thought, "There isn't anyone here who seems to move in faith? Where are the miracles? Where's the faith? Where's the power of God? Where's the presence of God? I looked everywhere, and I said, God, I've got to get near someone. Who do I get near? And I began to hunt around. I found there was one name kept coming up all the time. One name kept coming up. This man, Clark Taylor. And everyone who got near him got faith in their life, and miracles started to happen. Everywhere I'd meet people, oh, I said, how did this happen? Oh, I got in at Clark Taylor's room. I said, I've got to meet this man. I've got to meet this man. Somehow i got to find him. Would you believe it? I was offered the opportunity to host him for a day. Offered the opportunity. Offered it. Isn't that good? All because I decided to take a cheap fair, stay an extra day at a conference so I could save the church money. And I was the only one left. And, and he was the speaker. And, and they offered for me to look after him since I was the only one there. We formed a friendship. We got connected with him. I got impartation from him. And you can trace my moving in dimensions of the spirit back to then. Association. How it works? It's how it works. There's people in here that move, people in here that have things you need, and they're not always obvious. It's not because they have a position or anything. It's actually people have something you can learn from. You've got to decide to learn. You've got to decide to learn. Your your job to prepare. And so I only got to watch you for a while and see who you hang out with, and I got you marked already. You going forward? You going backwards? See, there's, there's old statement: "Birds of a feather flock together." So if you've got deep uh, rebellion in your heart. You're sitting there hiding there trying to pretend you don't know that. I'll just watch and after a while you'll join to someone and they're openly rebellious and I've got you marked. I know exactly where you're coming from because you find a bonding, you feel comfortable with that person. You feel good with that person because they've got the same bad attitude you have. And then so if you know someone's got an obviously bad attitude, obviously a track of trouble and you're with them, you're going to be in trouble and have bad attitudes. You've got to start to choose your friends better. And, and so, so the Bible says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So we need to learn. You want to learn about finances? There's people here who are successful. There's some people in this church that have made megabucks. I'm not going to tell you who they are. You've got to find them. If you want to find them, God will lead you to them. And they can help you financially, they can help you with wisdom and finance. Some of you are, are, are disastrous in finance. But you need help. You need someone. You need to associate with someone who's been there, done that, and has got over it and is now out of it, or you're going to stay where you are. Come on, it's all about learning. Let me just give you now, finish with this, I'll throw this out just uh, just as something, just a little bonus on the end. Uh, I want to just describe for your list for you some of the seasons of preparation. I'll give you the place to look for it, but I'd love you to just get into the Bible and have a look at, how many know the man Joseph? Joseph in the Bible is a famous man, great man of God, great man, he'd become a great leader. He become virtually a man, almost as powerful. He, you'd, you'd call, he got a position, probably equivalent to what, what we call the vice president of the United States. Something about that league and that level. Very powerful man behind the scenes. Very powerful man, representative of the president. See, he got there. Now, here's a little, wee, here's a little boy, a little boy from 17 who, who got something from God. Now, but God, to get him from the vision, the dream, the purpose, to the position. To get the dream into fulfillment, there was a process of preparation that God took him through. So if, if God has a purpose for you, and you understand he's got a purpose, he's got some things for you to do, he also has a process of preparation to get you there. You don't think he'd sort of think up something for you to do and then forget how he's got to get you there. He's got a process. Now, let me just, and these come out of my own experience, but they're actually in the Bible as well. I won't develop them, I'll just give them to you. but. You can guarantee, if you are committed to fulfill God's purpose for your life, there are certain seasons. A season is a period of time. Right now, what season are we in now? We're in? So, well, we're sort of kind of, we're February, March. We're into autumn now, aren't we? Are we getting there? December, January, February. So, you know, leaves us starting. a getting a bit of a little cooler. And, and can, How many know the season's changing anyway? So you know another season's coming. Is that right? So one's ended, another one's coming. And you're in transition right now. Okay, now there are seasons in your life, but there's one thing about a season: it's over after a while. All you do is learn on the way. Now let me, In in Joseph, uh, Joseph had a number of things. Now here's I'll give you some seasons. God's going to take you through. So I want you to listen carefully and just write the name of the season down. And you, know, you can find it in the Book of Genesis in chapter thirty-seven and chapter thirty-nine. I'll give you the season. I can guarantee you, you're going to go through it if you decide to follow the Lord. I know Ian's gone through most of the ones that I've seen here. I know Lynn's gone through heaps of them. I've gone through them. Joy's gone through them. Anyone who's gone anywhere has gone through these seasons. It's just you feel like your life's crazy while it's happening, but after a while you see that God was in it. Okay? God was actually doing the preparation. So here's number one, season of misunderstanding. We all want people, but don't you understand? I want you to understand me. No, there's a season where there's no understanding. They actually misunderstand you. Uh, Moses thought that his friends would understand him. They didn't understand him. Uh, uh, Joseph shared his dream. In Genesis 37, 4, he shared his dream. His brothers didn't understand him. In fact, actually, you know, you, you would think, it's my brothers. It's my brothers. Hey, guys, God's been talking to me. I'm really going to be a leader. Isn't this is awesome. And they hated him. They didn't understand it at all. So, season the misunderstanding. How about that? So, season the misunderstanding is so the one you're going to have. And you want your parents to understand you? They don't understand you. Don't worry about it. That season will pass too. It's just a season. It comes and it goes. See, if your goal is to have people understand you, you're going to really wrestle with that season. If, it, if you learn, so long as I'm walking with God, in the end, people understand, don't understand. It's not my problem. I just got to pursue what God wants me to do. Here's second season, opposition or contention. Season when there's opposition to your dream, your purpose, and your life, there's a contention taking place. People contend with you. In Genesis 37, 37, verse 4 through to 8, Joseph's brothers contended with him. They argued with him. They fought with him. They wrestled with him. Listen, you're young people. If you're worth your salt at school right now, you've got some contentions going on. If you're standing up, walking in a godly life, someone's contending with you. Someone just, you tick them off. And you really tick them off because you've got something in you that they, they don't like. They want it, but they don't like it. They don't like you because you've got it. So they get upset with you. And then they try and test you out to see whether it's real, for real or not. So seasons of opposition. Here's another season that comes in our life. i tell you right now, they're going to come. Some of you already had them. How many had the misunderstanding season? Great. Okay, how many had the opposition and people just really against you? For a, It's only a season. Then you get over that too. This will pass. Here's the next season, the season of betrayal. Ah, I hate those ones. Your friends let you down. See, in Genesis 37, 19 to 20 and... Verse 28, what happened there? His his brothers actually sold him out. His own brothers sold him out. Can you imagine the pain and the heartache there? And someone you trusted and you shared your life and heart and they let you down. Oh, that's a bad, I hate seasons of betrayal. But I've just learned they come and then they go. And in the middle of it, you either grow and, and you're ready for the next thing in God or you're a mess. You choose that. Okay? How many have had a betrayal somewhere? what you did with it either took you to the next level or you're ready for the lesson again you know in schools what they used to do is if you fail one year then you went back and repeated the year some of us in church have failed many times and we go back and repeat the same lesson you don't want to be 80 years old and repeating the same lesson you were trying to learn 20 years ago, 30 years ago well learn your lessons learn what God wants to teach you in those seasons there's a season of proving yourself there's a season where you prove what you got in, uh, in Genesis chapter 39 verses two and three, uh, Joseph was in part of his house and he developed and he, he grew in favor. There was a favor came over his life. He actually worked and served and he did such a good job, he got promoted. That's a season where you prove yourself. So young people, you're in a season of proving yourself. You gotta show you, you can, can you work? You've got attitudes and stuff. Can you be relied on if you turn up on time, you know? You turn up an hour late and yawn after an hour's work and then you want to go home. Boy, that's hopeless. Boy, I think it was going to pay you for that kind of thing. And uh, so we have a season where we have to prove ourselves and you're in a season of doing that now. Don't worry about that season. Just work hard, apply yourself, be diligent and you will prove you've got something worthwhile. It just takes time to develop a track record. If I was to go and ask what your track record's like, do you want to find what you like? I just have to ask, uh, I have to ask some simple things and uh, just ask, well, you know, ask what the teacher felt about him. Did he get the assignments done? What was the work like? Ask the classmates, what was his attitude like? Did he get on? No, no, he's all religious, you know? Oh, okay. So that means he couldn't get over, you know, and build good relationships. I, I had some guys, some pastors coming out planting churches in New Zealand from Australia. In the end I said, stop. You haven't got what it takes let me ask you some questions before you come over and short-circuit thousands of dollars and two years of mistakes. What would I ask them? See, if you, had, if you were in that position, you had to ask someone something, what would you ask them? Here's these guys. You know what they're all saying? Oh, I've got to call a God, go to New Zealand, to change that nation. That's what they were like. So I got on the phone, asked some questions. What questions would you ask? This is what I asked. Do you have any debt? If you've got debt, don't even think about coming. You don't know how to manage money yet. Then ask them, tell me about your last job. Can I ring your boss and find out whether he was glad to have you there? Tell me, did you ever win anyone to Jesus? Tell me, did you ever build a group? How many did you ever multiply the group and develop another leader? Oh, and you thought you're going to be a pastor in New Zealand. Get a life. Get a life. You're dreaming. Just unreal. You're just totally out of touch with what it will take to come to another culture. You're not prepared yet. And I've been through Bible school. Yeah, right. Give me a break. Bible school fills you with knowledge, but you've actually got to get a life. You've got to make life work for you. That's why I asked them. I had a whole group of them. I said, let me ring them one by one. I rang them all and there wasn't any came out. They all thought I was the bad ogre in New Zealand who put off all these people with vision. <laughs> I said, no. I said, I'm just not going to pay for any more of them to get home when they're broke and they're, and they're disappointed and disillusioned. didn't work for them. They just aren't prepared. Unprepared. prepared. Hey, good stuff, isn't it, eh? You want to be prepared. You don't have to hurry out. Just to be prepared. I'll throw you the last couple out there. So you need to prove yourself. Time of temptation. There's always a season of temptation. We've got temptations coming around. Joseph had sexual temptation. He overcame that. A uh, season of injustice. A season of injustice where he was falsely accused and people accused him of rape. He was accused of rape. Uh, everyone got mad at him. They all threw him into jail and it was lucky he didn't get hanged on the spot. Uh, but he was thrown into jail. And there was a season where there was deep injustice where a false accusation. Imagine being thrown into jail with that kind of accusation. That's heavy stuff. Think these things through, what this would have meant. Uh, then there's a season of loneliness. He was very lonely. At a season where he had no friends. In Egypt, he, when he arrived, he had no friends. Beginning of Genesis 39, he had no friends. Not one friend. When he was in the prison, he had not one friend. But he arose and became a leader. God takes us through seasons of loneliness. In the time of loneliness, you learn to let your roots go deep into God. You've got to let your roots go deep into God so God becomes your friend. All young people, everyone wanting a friend. I want a friend! Listen, make God your friend and become a friendly person. You'll never lack for friends. And some of them will be great friends, some of them won't. Pursue the right ones. Uh, A season of loneliness. And then you have a season of supernatural adventure. There are times when God gives us incredible breakthroughs. I love those. Oh, breakthroughs. Yeah. Well, well, you see that in in, uh, Genesis uh, 39 where where God got him out of the prison and straight up to the throne. uh, Virtually a day. Virtually within a day, his circumstances turned around, he went from prison to the throne, and the dream started to be fulfilled. But get this, in it all, he was able to say this. When he met his brothers, he said, it wasn't you who sent me there. Don't get upset about how bad you treated me. It was God sent me there. God had a purpose for my life, and he knew what it would take, what preparation I'd need to get me there. And he was the one who worked through all of the circumstances to get me to where he made me what he wanted me to be. All those seasons he went through. And in all those seasons, he found God and he let the season work in him, the change that needed to take place. What about you? Some of you already in your season are blowing it. Disappointing, very disappointing. Very disappointing for some of the leaders to put a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of counsel, a lot of help, a lot of phone calls. And then you just prove to be totally unreliable. You need to do something about that because your season is about to finish. You know what happens? I'll tell you what happens. You get a season when God gives you the opportunity and then he, with, almost without warning, oh, he gives lots of warnings on the way. He talks to everyone around your life, and they all withdraw, and now you have to face the consequences of your choices. I've seen it more than once. Don't be goofy. Really, line up now. God's got you to prepare you for something. Enter your season of training, and really apply yourself to grow. Apply yourself to grow, because your day is ahead of you. The best days are ahead of you. The best days. If you're an older person, God's still preparing you. Your best days are ahead yet, too. God's always saves the best to last. There's always best days ahead best days ahead, best days ahead, but I got to be prepared for them. I want to be totally prepared. And there'll come a point at the end of your life when God will say, you've done all I wanted you to do. Are you prepared now to cross over into eternity? You won't want to say, I'm not prepared at that point. You'll want to be, yes, like Paul, I've run my race. I have finished my course. I've honored God. I feel the vision that you gave me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready?